Hello and welcome to A Muggle's Perspective. This is the Harry Potter podcast where muggles have perspectives. Because I feel like a lot of Harry Potter podcasts are from more of a wizarding perspective. So we like to be inclusive here. It's 2019. (laughs) Brayden, how are you? Uh, I'm doing great. I am um, trying my best to stay warm, as is everyone else in the Midwest. Uh, How are you doing? Yeah. It's hard out here. Yeah, it is. It's um for an agronomist. <laughs> it's in the negative. It's in the negatives and once you get once you get down that low, it's like what does the number even really matter? You know? Yeah. Especially when it's because of wind chill. We tried to jump my car last night and had to go inside to warm up like 3 times during yeah. the process. Yeah. It's I uh I didn't really start my truck at all yesterday, and then at about 10 o'clock realized that it was parked directly behind my wife's car, mm-hmm. and she had to get out for work in the morning, so mm-hmm. I decided, like, well, I need to go out there and move it, and I started that thing, and I mean, it, like, you could just tell the vehicle was angry. <laughs> it did not sound happy to be running. But and it ran. It did. I got it moved, but I could imagine... That a lot of people had car trouble. Yeah, not a lot of action at the bank. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad that even though we know that these don't get released like within a couple of days, we still always like very much date the episodes. We're yeah. like, oh, let's talk about this specific thing that's happening right now. Yes, that's a good choice by us. Polar vortex. Everyone cares about it still. So uh, for, I guess we should kind of run through what the show is in case this is your first time listening, though why would it, why would you jump into episode 25? I don't know. (laughs) I You know what, if that's you, why don't you just leave? (laughs) (laughs) We don't want you here, I guess. We want people that do things chronologically. Yeah. So I am a Harry Potter enthusiast, self-styled and styled by others, but derisively so. And Brayden is a Harry Potter, would you say noob? Yes, yeah. Is noob more or less derogatory than newbie? I would say more. It's So it's worse to be a noob. Yeah, because I think that term kind of applies to just being, in general, a tool. Okay. In, in a lot of circles, anyways. Like, a I noob? feel like yeah. that, yeah, it's, it's a word that started as, like, not being very good at something because you have no experience or not knowing much about something because mm-hmm. you have no experience and it's kind of I think of that's what newbie like, still is. Yeah. Right, so a noob but, is like, you're bad at this because you're dumb and bad. And a yeah. newbie is like, oh, I haven't been gardening very long. I'm a real, you know, perennials newbie. But it's like something that you're going to get better at. Yeah, I agree. So, okay. So yeah, Braden's the noob. He doesn't know anything about Harry Potter. That's why we are just meticulously, very slowly introducing him to the series. Yes. Yes. Just one small, tiny spoon at a time. <laughs> just, it's just enough to tantalize, but never enough to fulfill. Yep. Yep. We like to uh, keep keep folks on the edge of their seats here for this 20-year-old book series. Yeah. So for this one, we read chapters 12 and 13 of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. And we were kind of discussing before we started to record, not the most like detailed and action-packed chapters. This is, I mean, we, we sometimes think of chapters as being either ones where a lot of stuff happens or more world building. I think this is a lot more in the world building side of things. Yeah. Yeah, like some important things happen, but there's not a whole lot of detail to those events. Mm-hmm. So we are thinking it will be a shorter episode because of that. Which means it'll take two hours to record. Your Wi-Fi will go out. George <laughs> will be involved. Unless, of course, we have um, a howl. Do we have a howl? Ooh, we do not have a howl. Holy I, cow. We do have a lead on an incoming howl. Okay. So I'm excited for that. But no howls have been howled as yet. So get I'm those legitimately in. frustrated. You should be. So let's how you feel. It's just we try, you know, we try so hard and um, 
we put ourselves out there. We give we give you a way to. I've literally told you you can call in and yell at me. You can call <laughs> in and make fun of me, and and no <laughs> one is taking the opportunity to do so. And it's just I'm I'm kidding, I'm kidding. We we have to. You know, you talked about we're always time stamping these. We have to keep in mind that these are coming out a lot later than we think they are as far as, like, our personal timeline and what we, you know, I talk about these things like they're going to be heard tomorrow, and that's not the case. Right, yeah, we got to, I feel like we have been emphasizing the Howler more on our recent episodes, Yeah. and those are only just starting to come out. Yeah. So, shouts to producer and editrix Jeremy and Jessica, though for um at the time of recording one was just dropped and we have another one on the way next week so sweet yeah um while we're talking about the howler we do want to go ahead and give you that number so please call 978 potter zero so that's 978-768-8370 or you can visit mugglespodcast.com. You'll get links to social media info, all that kind of stuff. So that's a great way to get in contact with us. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a trivia Tuesday before we jump into chapter 12. Are you ready, Braden? Always. You I, you could have seen the question and then looked it up, but I'm guessing Actually, that you did not. I want to point out that I did see the question when I logged on and was mm-hmm. tempted to look it up immediately, and I didn't. Wow. Because I feel like it adds a little bit of comedy when I try to guess these things. And the whole point of this podcast is to make fun of my lack of knowledge of this. Mm-hmm. So, What's that phrase? Uh, integrity is what you do when no one is watching. Sure. Something like that. Yeah. So here's the question, Braden. You remember how Harry's broom got smashed, his Nimbus 2000? I do remember that. So after that, he still has to go to Quidditch practice, hasn't bought Mm -hmm. himself a new broom. What Mm -hmm. broom did he ride? What was the make of his school broom? I am not confident about this. Mm -hmm. Shocker. (laughs) I think for some reason I want to say it was the clean sweep. Clean sweep, definitely a room that is mentioned as maybe one that Harry should buy. Mm. Unfortunately, so very good guess. That did not hit our sweet spot of being wrong and ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't wrong in a bad way. It was just almost right. Uh, Looking for a shooting star. Wow. He wrote an old shooting star. I think it's the only time that brand is mentioned. So, yeah, forgot about that. Glad he doesn't (laughs) have to ride that very long. That is convenient as we, I mean, I guess we just got done with the Firebolt chapter, but we are going to see some Firebolt happenings here in chapters 12 and 13. So chapter 12, the Patronus, for those of you joining us at home, this is page, let's see, I'm prepared, uh, page 233 in your pew Bibles. So (laughs) the Patronus... Starts with some Quidditch buildup, and we're just very much in the middle of Hermione is the worst because she told McGonagall that Sirius Black sent Harry the Firebolt. So now they're gonna break. They're gonna break it. They're gonna what? What are they gonna do to this broom? It's it's gonna be stripped down. And Ron is like apoplectic about this. Yeah, he's not happy. Apo- apoplectic. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and define that for the listeners and myself? It's just, it's it's like a word to describe when you're so mad that your eyes are like bugging out of your head like a cartoon. Okay. It's like angry in a way that causes like mania. We'll try to work that into my daily vocab. Daily? Well, that's okay. I mean. Well, hopefully I don't have a reason to use that word daily. Yeah. That could be. Rough, but <laughs> that could be you know apoplectic. So yeah. So yeah, Ron and Wood are freaking out. Are, are, whose side are you on here? I mean, you've already come out as being as agreeing with Hermione, right? That you think it was sent by Sirius Black. Is yeah, that I think it's pretty suspicious with everything that's going on. 
and so I understand where Hermione's coming from. I'm not going to come out and say that I'm not a little annoyed by it, like like uh, Ron, because it, it kind of sucks. You know, they need that thing. But it's also like, maybe we should try to make sure Harry's alive, too. So, I mean, is Harry living really more important than winning a Quidditch match? I think it depends who you talk to. <laughs> if you talk to Wood. If you talk to Wood, no. No. <laughs> But I don't know, with him being in and out of the castle, um, Black, I mean, Mm -hmm. you really can't be too careful at this point. So it's a suspicious package with no name. I mean, I think you got to do your due diligence here. So do your due diligence. Do your due, do your due. You got to do your due diligence. Do your due diligence. So Wood talks to Harry about this firebolt situation, which is how we get some of his... um, thoughts on it but he also implies that he was maybe going to replace harry if he didn't get his dementor thing figured out yeah with who <laughs> is that the, the, that's your thoughts on this yeah it's like would well, shut up that's it that's just just shut up yeah like he he gets on my nerves <laughs> quite a bit like his pregame pep talks and just the dude freaks out about stuff that he needs to just like Relax. If only there was a word to describe someone who's like going overboard and needs to like chill out a little bit, you know? Are you trying to say that Wood has been a bit apoplectic? <laughs> I'm saying that Wood is extra. He extra. He is extra. He, yeah, he just needs to get some perspective, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I get, I get that he's... Isn't he um, getting ready to graduate? He is. Yeah, he's a seventh year. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I understand there's some urgency there, and he's never won while he's been there, but I think we should also maybe put people's lives in higher value than the Quidditch match. Well. Just a thought. I mean, would you sacrifice, like, a Slytherin, like, second year? Like a ritual sacrifice if it meant that the Gryffindors could win? Is that justified? Are you asking if I would sacrifice Malfoy? No, not Malfoy specifically. Like an unnamed Slytherin child. No, I don't think you should sacrifice any children. Malfoy, though? What about Malfoy? Hmm. We could consider that one. (laughs) Malfoy's on the table. He's not quite any children. Yeah. So we get a few pages of good freaking out about, I don't know, Firebolt stuff. And then I did want to ask you, here on page 236, so Ron is still just mad at Hermione all the time. And there's some kind of conversation going on here about Lupin. So Ron and Harry are wondering about Lupin being ill here on the bottom of page 235 to the top of 236 and Hermione's like tut tut isn't it obvious what's going on with Lupin hmm yeah I guess I kind of glossed over that the first time I read it that's weird so yeah, that was my question was if you had any thoughts about the fact that Hermione seems to know a little bit about what's going on. Do you have a theory as to what's going on? Is there anything going on? Is Hermione like, it's obvious you guys are idiots. He's just sick. Like, what do I think's going on with Lupin in general? Um, you, you yeah, if that's where you want to go with it. I mean, this was specifically about his seeming illness. We've seen Snape bring him a potion uh, Hermione seems to know about it. Do you have thoughts from any of those angles? Hmm. Um, as far as his illness, not really. Is there something obvious I'm missing here? I, no. I, <laughs> this was just a thing that happened that Harry and Ron discussed this and Hermione tutted them. So yeah, thought I would ask you about it. It's... 
I mean, it's there for a reason, and it doesn't really get explained for a reason. So I think something's definitely going on. Um, I mean, I have my theory about Lupin in general, which maybe we'll we're get not there. ready for yet. We'll get but, there. That's, um, that's, that's a little too spicy. That spice is a little much for this exact moment. Yeah. Yeah. I'll wait. Okay, just hold back. Just hold... Not yet. Just hold back. Okay. <laughs> um, so a lot of the rest... Pretty much the rest of the chapter... Right, as far as I'm concerned, is about Harry going to Patronus lessons. Yeah, Harry's hitting that Patronus. So what do you think about Patronuses, about using a Bogart as a practice to mentor for these Patronus casting sort of learning sessions? Um, I think it's effective. I did kind of wonder, like, Maybe this is a question for my wife, being a nurse, but, like, how many repeated fainting sessions or, like, how many times (laughs) can you pass out in, like, a short span to where it starts to get, like, actually dangerous? It seems like a lot of strain on the heart, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Because it says, like, the second time, like, it took, didn't it say it took him quite a bit longer to, like, remember what even happened? Mm -hmm. So I'm starting to wonder if maybe we're risking some mental health stuff going on here. I'm starting to wonder if we should have a section which is just Hannah routinely explaining the like implications of various like physical ailments from Harry Potter. <laughs> it's like, well, if you fell off your broom, a broom from that height, a fall would pretty much result in like a broken femur and it, that would be this recovery timetable. Like just very droll, you know? <laughs> I don't need her to have a, like a bunch of personality with it. I just want her to be like okay well here's what i'd prescribe (laughs) well we can put that right after the hugh jackman corner with jess that jackman corner is pretty hugh yeah jacked with jess (laughs) come along and jack with jess (laughs) um man there's there's something there i'll keep thinking well we'll workshop it yeah Jess is no. Uh, I was gonna say something. And I was like, Same. "Yeah, you got to be careful here." That's what I'm it's saying. Still, I don't want to think dark out loud. Still. Yeah, I don't. Mm. I don't want to think through this out loud together. Maybe post episode. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to think out loud. <laughs> I don't really. I don't really want to think out loud. So this section is kind of what we were talking about when we described these as a heavy couple of chapters. Mm-hmm. These. Uh, we spend a lot of time, I feel like, discussing plot and implications, and we don't always get into. The emotional heft of things. The this is this heft. is this is emotionally hefty. <laughs> what? I, don't, I mean, what do I do with that? What do you? Okay, I mean, like, why is it? Why is this? Is this difficult for Harry to do? He he needs to conjure a Patronus, which is difficult. Right. You know, it's a it's an advanced spell in and of itself. But there's just a lot going on here with Harry. Can you speak to that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot deeper than just being afraid of Dementors in general. It's mm-hmm. the whole connection with his parents. I mean, every time he faces one of these things, it's like he sees a little bit more of how his parents were murdered. Like, he learns a little bit more about how it went down. Here's a little bit more of his mother screaming or pleading with Voldemort to to not kill Harry and I mean that's pretty traumatizing for a a teenage boy so that's kind of one of my questions is is that traumatizing or is that part of the is that like an appeal is this a situation where he's afraid of the Dementor and the impact that it has on him but there's also a little bit of him that like likes hearing his mom's voice yeah I mean I think it's both um I think it's one of those things like he doesn't want to go to that place, but when he's there, like the time that he hears his dad, like that's the first time he's heard his dad's voice. And so that's, that's a really cool thing for him. And I think it's a little piece of his dad that he'll get to carry with him from there on out, but also like a terrifying way to hear your dad's first voice for the first time. So it's just a, just a lot of emotional heft. Okay, are you just making fun of me for saying emotional heft now? <laughs> it's weighty. 
It is. Because I think mixed in with that, there's also like a guilt associated with it. How so? I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be wanting, like I kind of want to hear these voices, but yeah. I'm supposed to be working on getting rid of them. So like, yeah. why do I want to hear it? I feel bad for, for liking that part of it, you know? Yeah. It's all very confusing mm-hmm. and just a lot of different emotions wrapped into short, terrifying moments. Um, but I think that there can be a balance of just knowing, like, taking what you can from when these episodes happen, but being able to handle them. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. So I think that's his, his end goal, and I'm hoping that he gets there. So It reminds me a little bit of the Mirror of Erised from Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah. It was a good thing for him to look at, but he had to have the self-control to know enough is enough and and to actually be right. useful with right. it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it's kind of one of those things that if he can manage this, which is a lot to ask for mm-hmm. a kid his age, but mm-hmm. yeah, if he can kind of figure out how to, I don't know, glean from the moments what he wants to take about his parents, which I... I don't know, it's hard to pick and choose in those moments because they're different every time, but not letting them swallow him, I guess, is the is the best way I know how to say it. Because yeah, it's yeah. like he he's there for a minute learning about his parents or, or that night or what happened, and then it's just everything's foggy and he's passing out, you know? So if he can, like, just kind of figure out how to stay out of that, like, fog, I guess for lack of a better term. That's smart, yeah. Um, So that's putting the emotional, you know, heft aside. Yeah, let's get a little lighter. It's been really (laughs) hefty so far. Just uh, walk me through your understanding of what a Patronus is and how that charm kind of works. Um... Well, that's going to be tough because I don't really understand what it is. Right, exactly. Um... I mean, it's a silvery, silvery, foggy smoke that, like, comes out of the end of his wand Mm -hmm. and is supposedly effective, however you want to define that, against Dementors. So, like, in your head, what is it going to do to the Dementors? I think it smells really bad to Dementors. (laughs) It's Dementor fart. Yeah, they just can't even handle it. So they then have to what? Turn away. They they turn away. Do they leave? Maybe it's suffocating to dementors. Oh. Interesting. So what does it take to cast a patronus? It takes a happy memory. Mm-hmm. The happiest. It can't just be any happy memory. Not just happy. It's gonna, it's be, gonna be really happy. It's gonna be really really happy. Um, and then you have to say the magic words, which are expecto patronum. Those are the magic words. Yeah. So isn't this like the famous scene where he's like screaming at the screaming this and pointing his wand? He, he does scream this and point his wand. Yeah. I feel like every Harry Potter commercial ever that I've ever seen, it's like, a quick clip of him like expecto patronum I'm, I'm familiar like, with the, the clip that you're referencing the wind is like really f- like blowing his hair everywhere yeah. and he's screaming that and staring right at the camera and it's this he's got like a jacket that's billowing out behind him yeah, a little bit yeah a little bit just of a really epic scene mm-hmm. I mean, it's, on, it's a good spell back on ABC Family yeah pre-form pre-codswallop yeah what did you think of the happy memories that Harry chose? Sort of weak, but then you keep, have to keep in mind, kid hasn't had a ton of happy memories in his life. Oh, jeez. His life is sad. It so has I... been up to this point. It's turning for the better. It's turning around. He's got some friends. He's a wizard. He's got he's got Hagrid. Um, got a lot of time to make up for, though. Yeah. The future so- is bright. He goes, what's his, his first choice is the first time he flew on a broom? Yeah. Which I didn't really think of that as like, 
I don't know. I guess that's not one of the ones I would have thought of. It didn't. But. If I had said, "What's the happiest memory Harry can think of?" That wouldn't have been your first thought. No. No. But that's that's the one he goes to, and that proves to be too weak. Um, and then I think his second one is Gryffindor. Gryffindor winning the House Cup. Yes. But they don't even have to, like, fight for that. Like, Dumbledore just gives it to them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Also, the House Cup is totally separate from the Quidditch Cup, or mm, whatever you call wrong. it. Wrong. It is not totally separate. They are interconnected. The points that you get... So you get points for answering questions right and being Hermione and so forth. Yeah. And, uh, what, playing chess games? Giant chess? Right. You know, points. But you also get to add in the points that your Quidditch team scores. Okay. Okay. That clears it up for me. Mm-hmm. So they're, yeah, they're related. Got it. They're different, but they are interconnected somewhat, yeah. Okay. Well, because when I first read that, I was like, wait a minute, the whole thing is they've never won. Right. Or, like, haven't won in the last eight years or whatever, but that's but, just Quidditch. But they've won the House Cup both last couple of years because they're losing by a lot, and Dumbledore goes, some last-minute points. Right. And it's like, 1,000 to Harry Potter for having the best scar. <laughs> 500 more to Ron because scabbers. <laughs> oh, oh, scabbers, yes. <laughs> Quite. <laughs> because scabbers. Um, and then his his third memory is when Hagrid tells him he's a wizard. He gets to leave Privet Drive. You're a wizard, Harry. Yeah. And that seems good. That's what you would kind of gravitate towards, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was going to say that or like um, when Ron showed up to break him out of the Dursleys. Yeah, really. Oh, when to break him out, nice. Yeah, because yeah. that's goes. You're from total dejection to elation. Yeah, right. You're so excited. Yeah. So it's the swing. And so is Harry immediately great at this spell? No. No, I think it takes a certain amount of confidence that he just doesn't have right now. Yeah, concentration, intensity. Yeah. And, I mean, Lupin keeps telling him, like, it's extremely advanced, so it's not something we could expect him to just pick up right away. It's not Quidditch, you know. Could we expect Hermione to pick it up right away? (sighs) Probably. (laughs) But when would she have time? She's taking 47 classes. Yeah, she's taking... She's doing some independent studies, okay. She's shadowing McGonagall, probably. I think maybe this semester is just like an interview for her to be a professor. (laughs) Next year? Yeah. Like, well, once Lupin dies, we're going to need somebody. (laughs) Look at him. I mean, like, it's going to (laughs) happen. It's it's inevitable, folks. We all all see this coming. Torlani, can you see the future? See, she she agrees. Yeah. That's good. Uh, Any other Patronus lesson thoughts? Um, No, I just, I, I guess just a question. I mean, do we... Does what that spell does or mm-hmm. that charm does get explained better to us later? You're not going to tell me that? Um, I mean, it gets it's explained a little more here. Let me see here. On 237. So Lupin is describing it as a, a guardian that shields you from the Dementor. And so it takes a it takes a form because then he Harry asks what does it look like and Lupin said each one is unique to the wizard who conjures it. So basically, what we're seeing right now is that it's possible to create a a full Patronus, but Harry's just getting the wisps. He's just he's he's only getting halfway there. Interesting. Does that does that answer your question? Yeah, I guess. A Patronus is a kind of positive force, a projection of the very things the Dementor feeds upon, but cannot feel despair. Hmm. Okay, well, I'm sure that will be very important moving forward. 
Um, there are a couple other little notes that aren't necessarily exactly Patronus related. Because Harry spends about half the time fighting them and about half the time talking to Lupin, you know? Right. So uh, the first thing that jumps out to me about that is on page 241 when... Harry is describing having heard James and Lupin is like, you heard James in a strange voice mm-hmm. here on uh, the p- top of page 241. And then he later kind of tightens up when Harry implies that he would have also known Sirius Black since he knew James. Yeah. On the bottom of 242. So I wondered if you had any thoughts about this. Is it time? I mean, I think it's time. So if if I was to ask you to predict something, I guess it's just based on Lupin's face tightening up. Him, he turns quickly, says it sharply. He's kind of freaking out. Um, how, do you think that he's connected to Sirius Black in any way? I think he is Sirius Black. Oof. Wow. Okay. Uh, let's get some buildings crashing down in flames right now. That's a big take. Talk to me about that, Brayden. Um, I don't know. So I'm on my way home listening to these. Um, Jim Dale is reading it to me, and as one does, I just, I just sort of felt like he just has been. Anytime Sirius Black comes up in conversation or Harry's dad, he gets really weird. Um. You know, like when Harry kind of asks, like, you didn't know my you didn't know my dad, did you? And he's like, oh, I, I, I did. As a matter of fact, we were friends. Listen, Harry, I'm going to change the subject. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. we should leave it here for tonight. Um, so, you know, just kind of skirts around conversations involving that kind of stuff. And then I think it would explain, you know, we keep having these episodes of oh no, Sirius Black's in the castle, and how did he get in? And, well, maybe he's a professor that works there right now. Here's what I'm thinking. This seems like the kind of thing that would happen in a Harry, like in a Harry Potter book. That sounds like the final reveal yeah. would be something like this. Oh, yeah. Voldemort is on the, it was on his head all along. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Lockhart was a fraud. Mm-hmm. Tom yeah. Riddle is Voldemort. Yeah, and I think that you know, Lupin being so, like, fatherly to Harry, mm-hmm. if he was serious black, because um, we established earlier in the book that, like, serious black was James, like, best friend, right? Yes, correct. So there's got to be a certain um, amount of remorse, maybe. Sure. I mean, he's his godfather. Um, maybe remorse, maybe just interest in the fact that it was his best friend's son, like wants to know if he's like James or, um, I don't know. I think everything adds up to him being serious black in disguise. So that's our prevailing theory right now is that Lupin is serious black. I'm going to, let's see, I'm going to copy and paste this into our. If I can figure out how to use this Mac um, copy, we're going to add this to our ongoing predictions. Ongoing predictions. Yep. Okay. We're going to do that, and that's going to be good. That's exciting. Um, so a couple other Dementor-related predictions, if I can trouble you real quick, Braden. Yep. Do you think that push comes to shove, Harry will be able to take down a real Dementor with this spell? Well, having, I mean, knowing what happens at the end of the next chapter, I kind of think yes. Oh, gotcha. Does that make sense? Because, and like, I don't want to skip ahead. I don't know. Can I to sort of explain my theory on that? Yeah, that's fine. So, we, you know, we learn at the end of the second chapter that, like, during the Quidditch match, Harry looks down, thinks he sees more Dementors on the pitch. 
and like doesn't even flinch. Just like grabs his wand while he's flying through the air, expecto patronum, and it says that it's like a way more powerful. I don't know what you would call it. Like the charm coming out is not mm-hmm. just like the little wispy weak stuff. Yeah, it's like he really he, he figured it out this time. He got it, and. You know, we learn later that it was actually Malfoy and his goons, like, dressing up as Dementors, but Harry didn't know that. Right. That's true. So, you know, he had the chance in the moment to react to what he thought were actual Dementors. He probably felt the real fear that he's had for the Dementors and was just just reacted and performed. So, in my mind, I feel like if you'd asked me before... Up until he found out that that wasn't actually, they weren't actually Dementors, I would have said, yeah, because he, but maybe, I guess, maybe then once Lupin tells him that it was actually Malfoy, maybe he'll be second guessing himself next Mm -hmm. time and the fear will be, the fear will be a little more real. So I started out answering your question. Yes. Maybe now I'm not so sure. Maybe. Good. Maybe. Yeah. Um, We also learned about something called the Dementors kiss in this section. Uh, what's your understanding of what that is, and is it going to happen to anyone that we know? Um, so they apparently there is a mouth underneath the hood of a Dementor's cloak, and it literally sucks the soul out of a being. It's not great. No, because apparently you can still exist with a just a brain and a beating heart, um, but you're. I, I don't know, I guess, essentially lifeless. Um, Lupin describes it as much worse than death. Mm-hmm. So that's what Dementors do. And you ask me, do I think it will happen to someone? Mm-hmm. Anyone that we know. Maybe that's how Lupin slash Sirius Black gets finished off at the end of this series, this sure. story. Yeah, I mean, why bring it up right. if it's not going to get used? Mm-hmm. Right. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool. Scary, good. Um, I like on page 246, just quickly, Lupin is like, I brought you something. You will, I'm sure that you've never had it before because they only sell it in Hogsmeade. And here he goes, Butterbeer. Yeah, I like that stuff. Very normal sentence and a very standard way to phrase that sentiment. <laughs> yeah, which it kind of seemed like Lupin was on to him a little bit, but didn't really ask any questions. Classic um, Lupin. We were talking about it before the episode. I'm I'm pretty interested in butterbeer. I'd like to have some. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm being told by it's either editress Jessica or producer Jeremy that you can get butterbeer at Starbucks. Can you confirm that, Rogie? I cannot confirm that. I cannot negate it. My knowledge of the Starbucks menu is limited to whatever Jacob tells me. Yeah, I don't know much either. I just out of principle, I sort of avoid Starbucks, mm-hmm. but because um, of the red cups. No, mostly just the prices and the lack of quality coffee. <laughs> Do you drink coffee? A lot. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Are you like a? I'm not a snob. Not I just like I just want you to price the coffee, coffee for what it is. Sure. If it was if it was that good, then you'd pay that price. Exactly. But you. You're not looking for something with that high of a price quality point. No, You're so like that's why I'm a you. that's why I'm a Duncan guy because mm. they know who they are. They're not trying to be something they're not. They're like, hey, we do donuts and mediocre coffee, and that's how it's priced. So I will go in there and pay for that mediocre coffee because I know what I'm getting, and I think it's priced that way. Starbucks, it's like, hey, we think we're serving you gourmet coffee that can only be found in Seattle, mm-hmm. and why don't you pay for it like it is? And I'm not going to do that. I expect to catch some flack for that that take. Oh, but. please howl at us about this. Yeah. 978-Potter0. 978-768-8370. Rachel Bang. said I have to say that like four times this episode, so. Yeah. Well, we've got two down. Yeah. 
All right. Well, there's like one more thing that happens. And it's that uh, by all accounts, I guess there's two more things. Um, Harry gets the firebolt back. Yes. That is exciting. That's exciting. That really changes the outlook for the rest of the season for Gryffindor. And then we're about to make up with her. You know, everyone's going to... Ron and Hermione are going to be bros again. Yep. Except for then Crookshanks eats Scabbers. But then Crookshanks ate Scabbers. So what are your thoughts on Scabbers? Um, I have enjoyed the back and forth between the two. It's been a very important subplot. Mm-hmm. We've we also care. talked we about, about it being... That. Yeah, we care about that. Um, we've also talked about it being kind of metaphorical for Ron and Hermione's relationship. So Ron, So Hermione just killed Ron? Well, it was metaphorical up until now. <laughs> um, metaphorically, she with, killed him. With that being said, yeah, I mean, the way Ron is acting, metaphorically, she did kill him. Um, with that being said, I was never really attached to Scabbers because he's a rat. Right. So I'm not that upset. I kind of hope Ron gets a different animal. Doesn't mm-hmm. just go get another rat. Mm-hmm. Um because, I mean, who wants a rat? So we care that we're losing the Crookshanks versus Scabbers plotline, but we don't care about his death as a person. Yeah, just not... I'm not, I'm not really going to miss Scabbers, I guess. I mean, I realize that mm-hmm. sounds kind of calloused, but... I mean, he's a rat. Right. He bit yeah. Goyle once. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, he wasn't useless. Yeah. <laughs> trying to care (laughs) what else did he do besides biting Goyle once he hid in Ron's pocket yeah useful yeah I just don't like rats man it's nothing against scabbers no exactly we get it as far as rats go I mean he was a good rat but there's also really no such thing as a good rat that's like saying you know as far as patriots go like Gronk seems like a decent guy yeah, ex- that's exactly what it's like. It's like I can't even force those words out of my mouth. <laughs> Nothing against Gronk, it's just he's a patriot. Right. Uh, so we, we went to a quick do we care. In do case we care? you skipped episode 24, we have debuted a new segment in which I just run through some either very small or bigger things that happen in the chapter we might not have touched on too much. And Braden gets a yes or no answer and like a one-ish sentence explanation for it. And it's just what it sounds. Do we care? I don't know. Do we care? Do we care? For instance, do we care about salamanders? No, we don't care about salamanders. We don't care about salamanders. No. Any thoughts? I mean, that's kind of a, like, what do salamanders even do? They like fire. Okay. Well, if someone wants to call in and howl about how important salamanders are for like the environment or something, I'd mm-hmm. be I'd be more than happy to listen to that. But as of now, I don't really care about salamanders. Don't care about salamanders. Do we care about the fact that Hermione is taking forty seven classes? I we do care. We care. Little concerned for Hermione's well being, mm-hmm. her health, her yeah. physical and social and emotional health. Yeah. There's a lot of emotional heft that she has on her shoulders right now, and I'm just not sure that any girl that age should have that. So we care. We we're care. We're monitoring that. Yeah, yeah, we're we're concerned. Um, do we care about on page two thirty five, Professor Trelawney claiming no, that we Harry... don't care about Professor Trelawney anything. <laughs> End of story. Um, they've moved on to Paul Mystery. She says, where is this? Is this not 235? Oh, it is. Uh, Harry has the shortest lifeline that she'd ever seen. We don't care? We don't care. Okay. Harry's not going to die. Okay, you heard it here first, folks. Harry is not going to die. Do we care? I guess this is kind of already answered in our discussion, but do we care about 
Lupin saying that he was friends with James? Do we care about the implication that they were friends? Yeah, we care a whole lot about that. Because he's serious black? Yes. Okay. So we care. We don't take it at face value, but we care. Oh, we care. Okay. We care about that. We're monitoring that situation. We're concerned about it. Wow. We care. Concerned is pretty high. Yeah, I mean, there's some um, there's some emotional heft implied with that. <laughs> Boo. Boo, you making fun of me saying emotional heft. It's not so much making fun. I just like the term. Oh, really? Thank you. Like, I think it's a little bit ridiculous, and it made me laugh, but I also just sort of like using it. So it's kind of a a half-and-half situation here. It's a double-edged sword. Yeah. That's not what that means. Uh, Okay, Gryffindor versus Ravenclaw. Wait, first, our sponsors. Hey, girl, hey. What's up? Oh, my gosh. Why do you look so down in the dumps? I'm just super upset. What could even be upsetting to you? You're going to get married. I know. You're engaged. I know, and I'm going to look fabulous, but the problem is... No problem. No, I have a huge problem. A problem? Like, a big prob. I I literally can't find anyone to take video. I want video footage of me in this beautiful dress. You gotta get a videographer. I I can't find one. I can't find any good ones. Oh my gosh, haven't you heard of Logan R. Hayes? Logan R. Hayes? Who is that? He is only the greatest videographer. He does weddings and, like, short videos and he, like, raps sometimes. He's a rap guy? Yeah, he can do it all. Holy cow. If I wanted to, like, get in touch with Logan R. Hayes and maybe find out more about, like, what he does and maybe contact him about my wedding, where, how would I even do that? OMG, do you remember his name? Um, yeah, you just said it. It's, it's Logan R. Hayes. Dot com. No way. So I just put, Go like, three W's in front of that and a dot? Or don't even. It's not 1999 anymore. You don't have to type the WWW. That's a good point. Yeah. Okay, so... LoganRHaze.com. I go to LoganRHaze.com. I don't even have to type the W's because it's like 2018. Correct. And then let's say that I really like his stuff. Is uh-huh. there any way I could get like a cool discount? You got to get a quote. You got to get a quote. You got to see how much it's going to be. Okay? okay. Use code MUGGLE. MUGGLE. M-Uggle. Cool. And what will that get me? It gets you a discount on the quest, 10% on the quote. Wow. So then you can use that 10% to get a 10% more expensive dress. You always have the best ideas. I know what it's about, Bradena. Literally can't wait to get Logan R. Hayes to do my wedding videographer. Oh my gosh, he's going to do all of my videographer. It's going to be the best. I love you. It's going to be so lit. I love you. I love you too. Okay, bye. Bye. Okay, Gryffindor versus Ravenclaw. Quite a crookshanundrum here. I appreciate you trying so Thank hard you. with that. I do try so hard with the topic descriptors. Yeah. Uh, on some of them. You tried really some, hard with that one. I do some boring ones it. to kind of set up the crazy ones. Yeah. You're so, strategic about it. Thank you. Will Ron and Hermione be friends again? Oh, they will. I don't know if it'll be um, in this book, but, I mean, the Quad Squad's not going to die. So this is a temporary Quad Squad setback. The murder of one's pet by another's pet. Yeah, I think maybe Hermione will, like, get Ron another pet, or, I don't know. They'll make up. It'll be all right. Yeah, I was going to ask what else you feel about the dynamics of this. Does Hermione feel bad? I don't think she has time to feel bad. I think she's so swamped with schoolwork. I think she does feel really bad, though. I think, um, because uh, when they get the fireball back and everybody's freaking out, um, doesn't Ron make some comment about, like, well, if Scabbers hadn't have gotten eaten, yeah, I'd give him this food or whatever, because right. he loved it, and Hermione, like, runs off bawling. So... I think she feels bad. I just I don't think she has a lot of time to be emotionally invested. I mean, she's got to be a little bit on edge emotionally. I mean, she can't be sleeping a ton. 
She's worried about her class load. Exactly. So it's there's just a lot of heft there, emotionally. That one was you making fun of me. <laughs> that one was not sincere. Well, we we said emotionally like two or three different times there, and I just felt like hey, there's emotions happening. There is. There's a lot Valid. of them. They're piling up and creating heft. <laughs> I think we know what the episode title is going to be here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what are your firebolt thoughts? Just hit me with your thoughts on the firebolt. Um, it is the best. It's, I mean, everybody, it's like nobody, no question. Everybody knows. Like, I don't really think it's accurate, um, for, cause I feel like the whole sentiment now is like, oh, well now that the Harry has this, like, we're never going to lose. Right. That's not true. Just a lot of like a lot of things that can go wrong out there on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Mainly because of lack of rules and regulation. <laughs> Someone could just be jinxing you to fall off your broom, you know? Yeah. Or, you know, students could wander out on the pitch dressed uh-huh. as dementors. It's Anything's in play. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm excited about the Firebolt. I think it makes Harry um, an even better seeker. And it'll definitely be an advantage. It's just, it's not, it doesn't create a guaranteed win for Gryffindor. Mm-hmm. You're not totally taken in by it. I don't think it's just like the magic. It's not like some magic broom. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think it's like a magic broom. I think. I don't know what that voice was, but I liked it. I don't really think it's like a magic broom or anything. <laughs> come on. Come on, bro. I don't, I don't think that. I think that's like drunk Rob Gronkowski. Yes. I don't know, bro. I really think it's like a like a magic broom. Is that just drunk or regular Ron Gronkowski? <laughs> yeah. Is yeah, there maybe. such thing as sober Ron Gronkowski? Uh, I don't Rob think so. Gron- did I say Ron? Ron Gronkowski? Gron like a combination of Ron Weasley and Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> Should be the greatest Quidditch player of all time. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, By the like way, this- that's my beef this week. Oh, beef. Well, we'll get there. I don't know, it seems like let's, this let's is a not time. just skip right to that. I mean, if we skip right to the beef, then we've got like one more thing to say about this chapter before we're done. Okay. <laughs> you make the calls on the beef. Who says no? <laughs> um We've got Ron complaining about his rat. We've got a firebolt that seems good. We get some, you know, over the breakfast table. Everyone wants to come take a look at it. Pre broom envy. Do you have any thoughts about this kind of time period of everyone freaking out about Harry's firebolt? Um, when I was reading it, I was kind of worried that like someone's gonna try and steal it or break it. Now, i.e., Malfoy. That's on the table. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't know. There's something about I don't see the firebolt lasting very long. Oh. I don't know why, but. I mean. It's too good. Nothing good can last. Yeah. This is why we can't have nice things. Yeah, this is why we can't have nice things. I mean, we get the one good match out of it, at least. Um, I do like to kind of move to the next point, starting on... 259. Lee Jordan is just, like, full-on only talking about the firebolt as the commentator here. Yeah, he needs to be fired. You are against this commentary? Um, I think his commentary is annoying in general. Oh. Like in the movies. Like when he's sort of just yelling like this over the microphone during the entire match. He says the score. Yeah, I don't know. I just something about him. I think it's annoying. All right, so the match happens. Um... Cho Chang is like trying to block Harry from getting to the snitch. She's not even trying to get it herself. I was never a big fan of people who did this kind of thing during like sporting events or games, even like, I don't know, in like a youth group game or something like that. It was never fun to be the person that isn't trying to win. is just trying to stop other people from winning. Yeah. That's not my jam. Right. All right. Well, there's that. That's your opinion. I think it's a good opinion. Uh, Thank you. Harry catches the snitch, but first 
things get beefy. They get real beefy. How many weeks has your beef been the security on the Quidditch pitch? It's It's been a handful for sure, and I realize it's getting old, but there's a reason for it. There's too many times that there's a reason for it. I picture myself just like throwing an alley oop to you when I'm doing that. Like we don't even need to communicate that's about to happen. Exactly. I can feel it. Yeah. This is a what's a good I'm John Stockton and you're Carl Malone. Just pocket pass. Yes. I am the mailman. Yeah. So we get the fake Dementors that are the subject of the beast. The beef is okay. What's the, the beef? Just Quidditch pitch security. I mean, to say it plainly, like, the Dementors were allowed to come on the pitch last time. This time, we think it's Dementors again are allowed to come on the pitch, but it's actually just students. Like, apparently Malfoy and his gang are able to, like, dress up as Dementors. No one even bats an eye about them coming onto the pitch. Like, we've got to protect our players out there. This is crazy. So you'd like to live in a world where no one can wander onto the grass while people are playing Quidditch above them? No, I want it to be a fair match where the players are not worried about their safety, other than flying around on brooms. Right, from anything outside of the game. Right. And I think that's a valid desire. I think it's ridiculous that uh, measures haven't been taken to shore up Quidditch pitch security. So we catch the snitch. Uh, Harry produces a Patronus, successfully patronizes them. Yep. That's good. Malfoy gets in trouble. Yeah, it's a win-win there at the end. Except for Neville. Well, yeah. So after the match, we've got a little party. Ron... Kind of sends Hermione packing by complaining about Scabbers some more. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we awake to Ron screaming in his bed. So walk me through what happened here. So apparently he has a nightmare that... Well, he's adamant it's not a nightmare. Mm-hmm. That he saw Sirius Black in the Gryffindor common room with a knife. Wait, so do you think this was a nightmare or that it really happened? I don't know. I was confused by the ending of this chapter. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ron is pretty adamant that it's not a nightmare. He's, like, freaking out. In Ron's defense, there are some shredded bed hangings laying next to his bed. Yeah. Not a nightmare. Not a nightmare. No a nightmare. It's not okay. It's not a nightmare. It's not a nightmare. What you wake up for? Hey, did you say that for? Did you say it's a nightmare for? <laughs> so McGonagall shows up not once but twice telling them to stop partying and then telling them to stop screaming. My favorite is when, on the bottom of 266, Fred comes down and he's like, Oh, excellent, are we carrying on? Like, we're just going to continue partying. <laughs> Smashing. <laughs> Yeah, I enjoy Fred. Yeah, he's pretty great. So what are you... I I, I guess I, I need to know what you're thinking about this. Sirius Black comes into the Harry Potter... The Harry Potter. Comes into the Gryffindor Tower. I mean, has it's the Harry Potter Tower. Let's the Harry Potter Tower. Harry Potter and the Harry Pottets. Yes. He has a knife. He mm-hmm. wakes up Ron with the slashing of his bed curtains and almost... I mean, like, why doesn't he kill him? What's going on? I don't think he was trying to kill them at all. I think that both Ron and Harry have terrible haircuts. Okay. And he was sick of looking at it. Mm -hmm. Thought he'd help the guys out. In Defense Against the Dark Arts class. Yes. You're sick of looking down at them seated while he stands in front teaching them. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just figured he'd take care of matters himself. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe give him a good old-fashioned ear-lowering in the middle of the night. So, what do you actually think is going on here? I just said it. Um, I don't know. I honestly have no idea. 
like I said, very confused by the ending of this chapter. Um, okay, in what way? Because I don't know if it's real. Um, I still think that this points to Sirius Black being Lupin. Um, but I'm also thinking that Lupin slash Sirius Black is actually crazy. That's not great. Because it's like he cares about Harry and is like a dad to him. And then uh, I also want to kill him. Oh, so tonight. it's like a Jekyll and Hyde situation. Yeah. Something like that. I mean, so as professed last episode, we're in on Sir Cadogan. Sir Cadogan. Yeah. yeah, we're Sir Cadogan fans. And then he on 268, he says, he's like, oh, yeah, I let a guy in. Yeah, not his, not his fault. He had the password. What was I going to do? He had the password. Cadogan did his job. Who didn't do their job? Neville. How so? Neville wrote down all the passwords mm-hmm. on a piece of paper. Normal. And then lost said piece of paper. See, that's not great. You lost me there, Neville. Yeah. I. My thing is, how long of a leash does Neville get? Like, <laughs> at, at what point do we say, like, this kid, it, if we were to let him graduate from this school, will be an embarrassment to Hogwarts? An embarrassment or, frankly, a danger to the Both. wizarding community? Both. All of the above. Seems like we've got to be close to that line. Like, how many more times do we need to let him screw stuff up? I mean, I feel bad for him, but it's like, I don't think he's cut out for this. Maybe we need to send him through some of the introductory courses again or just get rid of him. Just get rid of him. (laughs) Um, It's not great for Neville. Ron... Could have gotten killed, but so if, okay, I never want to, you know, try to lead you in any certain direction, but if you were confused, can you at least now agree that it seems like it was real? Yeah. Yeah. I think the shredded bed hangings thing is, you can't really ignore that. It's a compelling point. Yep. So For given sure. given if we accept that is true, then why is Ron alive? Um, I would imagine Lupin, Sirius Black, broke in looking for Harry, didn't find Harry. Is that reasonable? Yeah, but he but so if we remember when he was caught, he just blew up a street full of muggles. He killed like fifteen people. Mm-hmm. Collateral damage has never been a big deal before. Why not? Why not just silence Ron and move on to the next bed? I have no idea. <laughs> and I'm just stumped. Yeah, I don't even have like a good guess for that. It's pretty strange. Unless Hopefully. it wasn't hmm. black at all. Oh. Maybe it was Malfoy trying to scare the Gryffindors. Wow. Okay, he does just say that it was a guy. Sir Cadogan. Yeah. Sir Cadogan. Yeah. It could be. That's good. Why does it have to be Sirius Black? This is the perfect opportunity for someone else to come in and do something because everyone's so worried about and suspecting Sirius Black. Right. It's like the copycat serial killer phenomenon. Yeah. You're with me. You understand. I get it. I'm picking up what you're putting down. So that brings us to the end of chapter 13 of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. As always, we want to thank you for listening to another episode of A Muggle's Perspective. We want to encourage you to subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes. It will help us climb the Church of Harry Potter podcasts. And please like us on Facebook. That's where we do a lot of our postings. We want to get interactions is Facebook. Also Instagram, if you can follow us there. Those are the two main ways to keep up on all of the various muggle perspective endings. Well done. Thanks. Do you want to tell him to call the howler? Yes. Please call the howler. Um, 
if you can think of a hilarious wizarding band name, if you have a take on the Starbucks versus Dunkin' Donuts debacle, um, if you just want to call in and talk about something that's not related to Harry Potter in the slightest, if you want to make fun of me, um, you want to talk sports with Rogie and I, or you want to talk Parks and Rec with us. Um, oh, man. Really Please don't do care. That. Just this is a way for you to communicate with us, and we would love it. We were go- we will, assuming it's um, not profanity filled and inappropriate, we will let it play on the episode, and we'll respond to it on the episode. So to call that, you would call nine seven eight Potter zero. It's just it's a literal like phone line that you leave a voicemail on. That is nine seven eight seven six eight eight three seven zero. So. Why not? What's the worst that could happen? Just give us a howl. Just howl. Just call. You can literally call in an howl. You can leave like a 30 second, mm-hmm. like your best wolf impersonation. Yes. Your best Hugh Jackman. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. Just get an Australian howl all up in there. Yeah. So next episode, we're going to be reading chapters 15, no, 14 and 15. Chapters 14 and 15. Of Prisoner of Azkaban. We're getting uh, near the end. We need to, yeah, get our patrons on and and just keep on chugging away. So I want to thank producer Jeremy and editress Jessica. Thank you to our loyal patrons. It is awesome that we have people that support us and help make sure that we continue being able to produce these Harry Potter podcasts. And go Rams. Yeah. Bye, guys. See you.